All right, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you that we can come together tonight, that we can come into your presence, that we can worship you, that we can remember what you did for us, Jesus, that you died and rose again, Lord, that we can um, just rest in your presence. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you just come and manifest yourself in a greater way, even more than you already have tonight, Lord, that you would come and fill this place with your presence. Lord, I pray for your ministering angels to just be surrounding this place, this building. Just that you would have your way here tonight, Lord, that our minds and our hearts would be renewed and refreshed by your presence and your word. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're reading through the Bible, the New Testament. If you haven't got a read through the Bible plan, they're down the back. We're up to Luke chapter 2 on tomorrow morning. But Luke chapter 1, I have a brand new Bible tonight because my other one was looking a little sad and the Lord told me I needed to get a new one. So uh, you feel a little lost though because you're used to your old Bible and it's like, but this one is all nice and shiny. Yep, it's not got any pages falling out or anything, but it just doesn't feel quite the same. All right, Luke chapter 1, we um, find Gabriel appearing to both Zechariah and Mary and Joseph. And uh, he is, um, the angel says to Zechariah to, where are we? Verse 13. But he appears to Zechariah. Now Zechariah was one of the priests and he had been a chosen by Lot to go to Jerusalem to the temple and offer incense and worship before the Lord. Now that was something that could only possibly to happen once in a lifetime for you. Now Zechariah was married to Elizabeth and they were older and they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And uh, Zechariah would have been praying. He, would, he was a priest and he would have been seeking the Lord from when he was a young man saying, God, you know, we want a child. We want a son, especially so that a name might be carried on. And, so, and he also, he would have been at the temple and he would have been praying that God was going to bring the Messiah. You know, Simeon, you'll find later, later on in the Gospels about Simeon and Anna and they would pray and they were waiting for the Messiah to come for Israel. And so here you find Zechariah and he's offering incense before the Lord. And in verse 13, uh, we see, verse 11, he says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Now you've got to remember that in Scripture, something is that the last time that it is written down that God spoke to the people of Israel is 400 years before this angel appears to Zechariah. So he was a little freaked out, okay? But he says to him, Do not be afraid, in verse 13, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and make the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So here's Zechariah. 
He'd been praying, and he was praying for. He'd been praying for his son, and he'd been praying for the Messiah to come. And you know, and the and the Lord says, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. You're going to have a son. Elizabeth is going to fall pregnant, and he also is going to make way for the Lord. It's pretty spinny. Four hundred years before his doc, since it was documented last that God had spoken to his people, and bang, you're going to have a son, and then he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And Zachariah. He would have known the stories of Abraham and Sarah and how she had given birth to Isaac, you know, when she was old. He would have known the stories of God appearing to you know, people. And yet he says to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And so he doubted the angel's words. And actually the angel says, that if you read the story uh, account, is that he was struck dumb. He could not speak. Mute. He could not speak until John was born, because that was what the baby's name. And uh, as you read the, the next, next part of, of Ma- Matt Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, you'll see that Gabriel appears to then Mary. And Mary, she has quite a different response. She um, says, you know, Gabriel says, you're going to have a child and he's going to be, and he's the Messiah. And she says, well, how can this be so? I'm not married. I haven't lain with a man. And he says, you know, it's nothing is impossible for God. And she says, and if you read with me, she says, then Mary said in verse 38, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Now, just there, I want to show you the difference about how we respond to God when he speaks. When you've been crying out for God to do something, you know, and Zachariah had been asking for a son and he would have known the accounts of all the things God had done. If you can't respond with positivity and faith, sometimes it's just a good idea to be quiet. Yeah? Because I think that the angel kept Zachariah mute because he didn't want him going back and say, guess what happened in the temple, Elizabeth? Blah, blah, blah. And speaking all this negative stuff because it was unbelief coming out and it would have affected Elizabeth's faith and so and so he he just wasn't able to say anything and God was able to do what he needed to do and Mary she was pretty awesome and I want us to be people like Mary and Joseph when the angel appeared and said something they just said let it be done to me as you've said and so faith was activated straight away nothing's impossible for God let it be done to me as you've said now I could preach a sermon on that just there I just did yeah, but I'm not going to. Because the Lord, when I was preparing, um, he said oh, that he wanted me to share with you about angels and the existence and work of what angels do. And uh, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I've actually never preached a sermon on angels before, but I got quite excited as I studied and studied some more and read some more and prayed. And, and so you're about to, in a very short sermon, I'm going to try and keep it there. Philip's going to give me the wind-up if I go too long. But uh, the Lord wants us to know that there is angels at work and that we don't need to be afraid and to be encouraged that we have the host of heaven to help us in whatever God has called and chosen us to do. You know, Mary, she was able to respond the way she was because this faith was activated and because here's an angel from heaven speaking to her. And she was able to grab hold of it and say, you know what? If an angel is coming to talk to his little old me from back and beyond in Nazareth, an educated girl, then everything is possible. And, and so it's like 
That's what God wants us to be like, that when we hear his word, when we read his word, when we hear it preached, when we, we just get that rhema living word in the inside of us, you know, that we can say, let it be done to me. Because the whole of heaven is listening. The whole of heaven is there to help us. We're not by ourselves. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have supernatural ability and power dwelling on the inside of us. We have resurrection power oozing from us. But on top of that, if that wasn't enough, that we're seated in heavenly places, on top of all that, we then have the host of heaven, the angelic beings listening out and going, oh, let's help Philip down there. Oh, let's help Joanne. It's Monday morning. Let's be there. Yeah? And it's so exciting. I'm going to get excited, I can tell. But it's, it's, it's like we're not alone. And sometimes we see and we walk through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and maybe by Thursday we might be thinking, oh, yeah, Lord, might be there. But half the time we walk through our weeks not understanding that God is with us. He's with us all the time by the power of his Holy Spirit, but he's also got angelic activity whizzing around us all the time. That you are not alone. When God asks us to be overcomers, when he says you can do all things, he means it. And he means it because he backs it up with help. Yeah, so I want you to walk out of here tonight knowing that you have help. You have God himself dwelling on the inside of you, but you also have angels battling for you. Greater is he that it is that he's in the world. And if God is for us, who can be against us, the Bible says. Something to get excited about, you know. So too many people carelessly base their beliefs on what they've heard or what sounds good when it comes to angels. So what does the Bible say about angels? Well, there's quite a lot actually. There's over 300 accounts of angels in the Bible. 300 accounts. What are angels? Angels are God's messages and his spiritual army. In Colossians 1 verse 16, it says, They are created beings, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. So they are created beings. They are created spirits that can become visible when necessary, but most of the time they don't contain themselves within a physical body that we see, which is a little bit against what popular culture thinks. You're thinking of fluffy wings right now, aren't you, and, and long robes and beautiful hair and things like that. But for centuries, the, sh- the church sought to humanise angels to make them less objects of awe and more objects of awe. Oh. Isn't that true? In the Middle Ages, the mighty cherubim who, who is around the throne of God and has the four wings and is like awesome and mighty and just, he, he bears the cherubim, they actually carry the throne of God. And it's like, they were made to be these chubby little cute baby cherub looking things. And yet they're this mighty, awesome, you read Ezekiel and the Revelation, you'll get an idea what the cherubim, they're not wussy things. They are mighty celestial beings not to mess with. Yeah, but yet our culture and our art and all those things, the enemies just twisted it because he knows that they kick butt. He knows that they kick devil butt and all those demons. They, they, so he, he said, oh, well, if the, you know, the people down there, they don't know, they've got help. They're not going to do anything. And so our popular culture and our art and the, even the church has painted things on the ceilings and it's not true. It's not biblical and it's not scriptural because cherubim, for one thing, are not chubby babies. They are mighty, powerful, celestial beings with awesome wings who are around the throne. Ezekiel and Revelation, have a read. 
Female angels became popular in Italy early in the Renaissance. They are painted in various states of undress and changing conformity to the fashion of the day. Sometimes they have a robe this way, they have this, and you know. Now if they painted them, I don't know what they'd be wearing, but anyway. They became creatures of beauty, but they are emptied of strength and majesty. Zechariah is the only place in the Bible, in actual fact, that any feminine angel was shown. And they were carrying baskets and had wings like storks. That's the only place in Zechariah. The rest of the time, angels appeared like young men. Young men that were not too terrifying when they, when they appeared to some. And then there was other shining, so bright you could not see. With, you know, like, you, so much so that John and Daniel, they fell down and breathless and faint and prostrate on the ground. So sometimes angels appear just like men. And other times they are mighty, awesome, powerful beings that appear to men in visible form to show us that, hey, I've got a message from you. So they're not little cherubs. They're not feminine beauties. They're not anything that is on ceilings or walls around in the Vatican or all those things. They are awesome celestial beings that at times will make themselves visible to us. Now, countless men and women from ancient times until today claim to have seen them and have left a record of those encounters. Animals have also seen angels, sometimes when human eyes were blinded to the heavenly visitor. Visitor Numbers 22, you'll find that account of a donkey who saw the angel and uh, his rider did not. Daniel chapter 10. I think this is going to get taped, isn't it, tonight? We might have it taped, so if you want to catch up on all the, the scriptures. But Daniel chapter 10 is one of the greatest places that you'll be able to understand the spiritual realm and I encourage you to go home this week and read it. Daniel 10 describes a majestic, powerful, mighty angel that was so bright that Daniel did fall breathless and he had to be revived by the angel a number of times and he actually was shown a vision of the last days and uh, said but then in Matthew 28, you'll find the angel who rolled back the stone from Christ's tomb was like lightning and his raiment, his clothing is white as snow. Yet the women were able to talk to him. The apostles saw two angels and, two, and they were two men in white robes. So angels appear in different ways. And at Hebrews actually says in chapter 13, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for some have entertained angels unawares. That's exciting. You could invite an angel to dinner and not know. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> and invite an angel. The other thing is that there are a lot of angels. They're actually uncountable. They outnumber the devil and his lot two to one. So they do kick devil butt. Yeah? So we don't need to be afraid to do what God wants. We don't need to live, be afraid to live victorious. We don't need to be afraid of marching up and down the street and when something is not right in your street to go, you know what? Lord, I ask that you send your ministering angels to assist us and clean up this street. In my home, in my workplace, in my university, if you sense activity that is not of God, you can call on God to help. And he says that he will send his ministering angels, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, to assist us. Because you know what? They outnumber anything the enemy has two to one. Yeah? Moses saw an amazing sight when he went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. He was surrounded by tens of thousands of thousands of angels. Daniel said there are millions upon millions upon millions. Yeah? 
So we have an amazing heavenly host that the Bible says are there to assist us. Are you getting excited yet? You're not alone. You don't have to be afraid. We are not going to, you know, cower in our backyards thinking, oh no, the devil's, you know, rampaging out there like a roaring lion. Well, he's a roaring lion without teeth because he has been defeated and we have God with us. Yeah? And the church needs to get hold of that. The angels are there to help us. They're not these cherub-looking, you know, baby things. They're mighty and powerful. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 103. I want to talk to you about the ministry of angels so that you get a hold of what actually God wants the angels to do. So to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and verse 20 to 22. Let's read together. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Verse 21. Bless the Lord, all you hope. Awesome. Is it on now? Yeah? So first off, angels exist to serve God, to bless the Lord in worship and in service. Angels love to worship God. It is their greatest joy. Revelation 4 verse 8 says, Day and night the angels never cease to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You know, and there has been many accounts, both in the past and present days, where people worshipping the Lord in a congregation, in a small group, in a youth camp, have actually heard angels singing. Because they love to worship and they love to help us out. You know, they go, oh, listen to them. And I've actually been in a youth meeting where my brother was standing next to me before he went to heaven. And uh, he nudged me on the shoulder. He says, did you hear that? And I didn't, but he did. And then he said, I heard the voice of angels behind me. And he turned around and he saw this massive chest like this. He says he was tank. And he says, but he had this amazing voice and he was singing with us. Angels love to sing and worship God and sometimes they just show up and sing with us, you know. So they're, they're hanging around all the time, singing and worshipping the Lord because that's what they love to do. However, angels are not to be worshipped. They are our fellow servants and we are warned against worshipping the creature rather than the creator. We've got to worship God himself, not anything that he created. Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 25, if you're interested. We've got to make sure, and there's a lot of stuff out in the world about the worship of angels, you know, and, and I've got this angel, this spirit guide, and all this stuff. We're not to worship the cre creature, we're to worship the creator. And it's very important. And an angel, if he is an angel from heaven, he will say, don't do that. Don't bow before me. Stand up. I am just a servant of the Lord, just shout you. And angels, they don't talk a lot. They'll just give you the message. And then off they go. So you test. You get in a visitation, you test them. Test them out. Yeah? But do not worship. We do not pray to angels, nor do we, are we to confuse angels, whether visible or invisible, with the Holy Spirit. Angels do not indwell us, and they do not convict us of sin. They give a message from God. And then they're off. Okay? So Holy Spirit is the one, and they don't know anything unless about your innermost thoughts unless you share it with them. 
Okay? The other thing that angels do is to do his word. And if you look at Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord who excel in strength, who do his word. Angels go about doing the will and the, and the word of God. They go about doing what God's word says. They go about bringing his will on earth. That's what their job is. And then if you see, it says, they also heeding the voice of his word. Now, you've got to get excited with me for a minute. We've been talking about the word. Philip's been preaching about it. We've been talking about speaking the word. There in Scripture, 103 verse 20, it says, heed the voice of the word. Voice, And when we hear heed to his word, that means that when we speak God's word, angels are listening and they heed to it. They hearken to it and they act upon it. So that is why it's so important to get this word in our hearts, in our minds and out of our mouths because when you speak God's word, angels are listening and they hearken and heed to do it. That's something to get excited about. You know, you're praying up and down your street, Lord, just open the heaven. Lord, breach this family. Lord, just sort that problem out in that household. The angels, if you're speaking the word of God and promises over your family and your friends, angels are at work. Angels are at work up and down your street. Now, mum shares sometimes with me when she was at the nursing home as a nurse and she'd be praying up and down the, up and down the corridors and she'd be just praying the word of God, Lord, just that your presence would be here and healing would be here and deliverance and all the things because you know what? In some of those places, the devil was having a field day and we need to be in those places where we sense satanic activity, praying the word of God. I love the story she told and I've shared with it a couple of times of a lady who had the grottiest toe she'd ever seen it was so infected and awful and she just was like she'd been praying up and down the corridors that night and and the nurse called her and said look at this look at this toe and mum was an RN so it was her job to fix all those things and as she she was looking at it and she just oh lord and anyway she turned to get the dressing and by the time she turned back that toe was completely made right she says it was like a baby's bottom bang because she'd been speaking the word of God. She'd been praying. She'd been praying, healing up and down those corridors. And the, and the angels heard it. And they were gathering around and they were getting busy and they were pushing back the things of the devil. And when she spoke, healing came. Healing came. And you know, I've heard accounts of a, an, a healing evangelist and he would be in the congregation and he would have an angel standing beside him and he'd be pointing out where the demons were that were bringing sickness. And he'd say there would be a demon of cancer over here. And then it's, and he could actually see in the spirit, he could see the demons yelling to each other, help me, help me, he spotted me. And bang, they'd be healed like that. Bang, because this angel was standing there and there was an angelic activity happening around the place. Do not underestimate what is happening in the invisible world that you can't see. It's happening all around us and we've just got to wise up. We've got to stir things up a little bit and not just plod along. You read Acts. Those dudes in there, they're awesome, but they're awesome but because they believed it. They're awesome because they remembered what Jesus had done. They remembered the things that had happened of old. And they said, you know what? Jesus said for us to go and do greater things than he had done. And it's still the same for us. God expects that we'll have angels helping us. They are. They are helping us already. So the angels hearken to the word when we speak it. And so it's important that we do. Angels are powerful and they have superhuman strength to do God's will and carry it as word. 
You know, by his mighty angels, God smote the firstborn of Egypt, confused the army of Syria, annihilated the army of Assyria, closed the mouth of lions, shook the earth, opened prison's door, unlocked, you know, chains. You read through the Bible, angels were always busy doing stuff. And sometimes you can miss it. You know, an angel appeared to Philip in Acts and he told him to go and go out onto a road and, and, and walk along. And as he was walking along, a chariot came and it was a eunuch in it from Ethiopia. And he said, go, he was hearing the scriptures from Isaiah. And he jumped up on the chariot and he explained the scriptures and got the man saved, jumped out near a pool of water, baptized him. And then Zoop, he was transported away. This eunuch was left standing there looking for where Philip go and he was transported away. Yeah? Sometimes we get so stuck in the humdrum of everyday life that we don't look for the miraculous anymore. And God, he's doing miraculous all the time. I just want to share with you, I wasn't going about the Lord's kind of prompting to. When I, um, a few years ago, I fell pregnant without knowing and uh, I ended up having an eptopic pregnancy. But I didn't know any of that. An eptopic pregnancy is when the um, embryo gets into the fallopian tube and starts to grow there. And it is life-threatening and if they don't catch it, it'll kill you. Well, I didn't know any of that. I just had this pain in my side that was just, you know, I'm a bit of a tough nut, so I just kind of wander around with things. And I, and uh, you're right, you're okay? Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> and, and so I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll go to bed and, you know, sleep it off. And I get up in the middle of the night and I get to about three steps out of my doorway and I collapsed. And I actually probably died. Philip says I was dead. Um, it wasn't getting any response. But what happened when I was on the floor <coughs> was that I wasn't in my body. I came out of my body and I, what I saw when all this was happening is me up on the ceiling looking down at me on the ground. And then around me were these people, about five of them dressed in white. And they're all having this conversation about me. And then all of a sudden, Zoop, I was back in my body again, and I got back up. Now, inside of me, I'd had the embryo pop out of the fallopian tube, and I was, I'd bled, boom, 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 and usually you just bleed out and die. But the Lord said to me later, I said, Lord, what was that all about? And he says, the devil was trying to take you out, but I prevented him. So the Lord, those, those people dressed in white, they were angels, and they stood there over God, and they did their thing. And so... Um, you know, I went to the hospital and I had a litre of blood sloshing around inside of me and they were able to fix me up. But angels are real. And, there is, and, and they're there to help us. And even when the devil tries to take us out, that God is there. And even when maybe you might have died, if it's not your time, God is there. Yep. And so it's like, yes, you do have things happen and I did have an out-of-body thing and I sometimes think, yeah, that was interesting. But... Uh, but it's like angels are real and they're there to help us and they're there to protect us and they're there to look after us. There's times when we've been travelling along the road and, we've, and there was an accident. Um, that we're just in the middle of it and all of a sudden we're out of it. There was nowhere to go and there was two cars coming like this. They'd overtaken and, they're, and we were in the middle and there was a, a big cliff on one side and we had nowhere to go and we just said, Oh Lord. And then whoop, the car was behind us and we just keep on driving along the road. Yeah, God looks out for us and he looks after us and angels are busy all the time 
The Reverend John Patton, as a missionary in New Hebrides, tells a story <coughs> involving his mission headquarters one night when natives surrounded them intent on burning the Pattons out and killing them. John and his wife prayed all during the night that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see the attackers leaving them and they just got on with it and thanked the Lord. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Jesus and Mr. Patton, remembering what had happened, asked the chief what had kept him and his men from burning their house down and killing them. The chief replied in surprise, who are all those men you had with you there? The missionary replied, it was just my wife and I praying. And the chief argued that they had seen so many men standing guard, hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords in their hands. They seemed to circle the mission station so that the natives were afraid to attack. And only then did the pastor realise that angels had been busy outside that night. They thought they had been alone just praying and yet the Lord had surrounded them. Another man delivering Bibles in a foreign country was accosted by a man who asked him if he had a right to sell Bibles. Yes, he answered, we're allowed to sell these Bibles anywhere in the country. The man looked puzzled and asked, why then is it that you're always surrounded by soldiers? I planned three times to attack you and each time seeing soldiers, I left you alone. Now I no longer want to harm you. He thought he was just wandering around by himself and yet the Lord had angels standing guard all around him. Because the spiritual world is mostly not visible to human eyes, we don't see that God has his angels fighting for us. You know, when you're walking around, God is looking out for us. When you're sleeping, he says he sets you know, angels to guard us in all our ways, to protect us. You know, God's word is true. And too often we live in the seen world and instead of the spiritual world and understanding that God is working. And we wouldn't probably be so afraid if we could grab hold of that. The devil is our enemy and he and his demons are fallen angels who sought to rebel against God. And they do roam around causing havoc and they do try to take us out. But God has mighty angels commissioned to guard us, the servants of God. We don't need to be afraid but understand that there is a battle going on and we need to stand. As Ephesians 6, stand, 6 says, to stand in the armour of God and to keep on standing. And he says, and then to speak God's word, knowing that we have ministering angels to assist us. You know, Elisha and the mountain full of horses and chariots. I love this story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6 that um, Elisha had fled away from the king of Syria and he was afraid, um, you know, like the, everybody else was afraid with him and he went to bed. And uh, his servant got up in the morning and he, and he went out and he says, you know, the the Syrian king has surrounded our city and there's chariots everywhere and soldiers everywhere. And Elisha said, that's okay. He says, no, I don't think you understand. They're everywhere and where are we going to go? And he says, no, the Lord has encamped around us and he's protecting us. And the, God, and the servant was still afraid. So he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And so he opened, the Lord opened the servant's eyes and all around Dotham, the city was the Lord's angels with their chariots of fire. And they were there, their soldiers, you know, and they just didn't have to worry. And Elisha just thought, it's okay, you don't have to worry. Now, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them, Psalm 34 says. And he says again in Psalm 91 that he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. What's truth in the Bible? Jesus says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The things that are here are things that are written down for us to be able to stand on. They're truth just as much now as they were back then. That the Lord is with us, he camps around us, that he guards us, that he watches over us. 
There is a reference to angels as guardian angels in Daniel, um, that during the exile the people did express confidence in the continuing protection of their guardian angels. And perhaps at times God does appoint to guard or control whole nations a guardian angel, and then perhaps even cities and churches he does, but it does not in the Bible conclude that a particular angel is constantly attending each Christian. So it is not scriptural to say that every person has one guardian angel appointed to them. At times you might have a particular angel, but other times it's just whoever God sends. They're messengers, they're, they're there to look out for us and to help us, but it's not actually scriptural, the, you know, the guardian angel with the wings and, you know. Um, it says in Matthew 18, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father in heaven. And that's where often the guardian angel comes from. But Jesus, he's def- he is talking about little children and how he watches over them. But by a common usage of the time, Jesus calls all of us little one. And actually, when I'm talking to the Lord, often he'll call me his little one. Anybody who believes in the Lord is his little one. They're his disciples. And uh, their angels can, you know, they're everybody's angels. And they, and they constantly are able to go to the throne room and they're back and forth, back and forth, doing the work of the Father and listening out to what we're saying. But it's actually not scriptural to think that everybody has a guardian angel appointed to them for the whole of their life. It's that he'll send whoever he needs to over a city, over a church, over a family, whatever needs to be. The New Testament ministry of angels usually revolves around the ministry of Jesus and the establishment of his church on earth. Minister means assistance. Angels are ministering spirits or heavenly assistants who continually active today in building the body of Christ and advancing the kingdom of God. You often read them and how they minister, and as I finish I just want to say, that they, you read about angels touching people, providing food and drink, calling down fire from heaven, pursuing and destroying God's enemies, protecting people from fire and from wild animals. You know, there's an account of a girl who fell into this ocean and there was, it was shark infested and she spent, I don't know, quite a few days there and she used to preach around the place actually in Perth. And um, she's... She was in the ocean and she just called out to God to protect her and she sensed the presence of angels just circling around her. She could see the sharks, but they didn't get near her because there was angels in the water with her. Yeah? So they can keep wild animals, fish, whatever, at bay, protecting from fire, moving great stones, releasing people from prison, breaking iron fetters. Beyond physical help, angels are able to provide people with inner spiritual renewal to fortify your courage, to strengthen the will, and to quicken spiritual perception. Sometimes we can't see what's going on and an angel will help you out. Yeah? They're zipping around all over the place doing stuff. They are messengers and they warn us of danger and guide us to safety. We actually have a friend that we grew up with in youth and he went to work with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong and uh, he was in a part of the city that wasn't really safe and he was on a motorbike and he had an accident and he knocked into somebody and uh, he didn't speak Chinese well enough and he was a little bit confused and then uh, and there was a crowd of very angry people gathering around him and all of a sudden through the crowd this pretty strong looking man walked through the crowd and grabbed him by the arm and took him off and took him around the block and then he disappeared 
And uh, I spoke to him later and he says, yeah, you know, there was an angel because they just got me out. I didn't realise what danger I was in. But here's this guy just grabbed me and took me out of the, the situation and then bang, he was gone. And sometimes we entertain angels, sometimes we're around them and we don't even know that we've had an angel busy. They give us dreams and they help us to interpret dreams and visions and they explain the nature of certain events and they give a commission to serve God. So angels are all around us and they're very busy. Angels are also our champion at death and that's where I'm going to finish. The Bible talks about Lazarus when he died was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And in Jude 9 it talks about the archangel Michael who actually was, had to go and get Moses' body because the demons were trying to interfere. And so angels actually carry carry us after we've gone. And before there was drugs and all those things that people have as they near death, often if people would come in to pray with people who were at their last minutes, um, they would just pray Lord's peace on them. And then often they would look up and say, you know, I see an angel. And, I, and the, just peace would come because I could just see that the Lord was sending the angels to come. Now, because we have so much medicine, often that they're out of it. But when it, before... Um, it was very normal for people to have angelic visions of angels coming. So they escort us to, have, to the Lord. So that's what angels do. And I want to encourage you tonight, there's a lot of information, and Philip's probably looking at me going, see, too much information, but I did skim back. But I want to just encourage you, just as the Lord said, that we're not alone. And when God speaks to us, that we don't have to be afraid. And when he asks us to do something that is way beyond what we think we're capable of, know that angels are there to assist us, that we have angelic beings right with us. You know, and when we ask the Lord to encamp around us, he says he will. He says that he encamps his angels around our houses and our homes and our streets and our schools to look after us. You know, because there is our enemy and he is busy and he's trying to wreak havoc on our our homes and our workplaces and everywhere we go. But we can do something about that. And it says that he hearkens to the voice of of the word. So if we speak in God's word and just like mum would zip up and down the corridors at work and just speak God's voice, word, that the angels are listening and they get busy because they're there to do God's word. And account after account, city after city, when Christians come together and actually believe what God says, that angelic um, visitations and angelic busyness lifts up and then something breaks in the heavenlies. Because a battle is not against what we can see, against flesh and blood, it's against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And when we start to understand that, that it's not just about what we see, but what is unseen. It's in the third dimension, you know, in fourth dimension. That there's stuff happening and not just to go, oh, well, that was a bad day or that's terrible or, you know, bad things happen. To understand that there is stuff happening around us and we've got to put a line in the sand and say, you know what, this is, this is enough. Let's speak God's word over this and know that God will assist us. So I want us to do that this week. I want us to do that in our workplaces, in our homes, in our church. To say, Lord, we just want you to pour out spirit we want the heavens to be open and to be and to push back darkness you know we pray heaven on earth God's will be done and when we speak that that's then the angels hearken to it and they get busy don't just take whatever rubbish gets thrown at us just don't take no when you know it should be a yes 
Just don't take sickness when you know there should be healing. Just don't take chaos and strife when you know that there should be peace and rest. Because when all that stuff is happening and you sense it and you sense a heaviness, you know that the demonic is around. You know that the enemy is having a field day and we need to stand and start to speak God's word and the angels minister and help us and usher in heaven. Because the Lord's prayer is let heaven come to earth. Let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, the angels are everywhere and it's beautiful. And God wants that down here. But we've got to speak God's word so that the angels are helping us out. Can we do that this week? I'm going to remind you. Yeah? Because that's what God wants, that heaven would come to earth and that the end of this year, that it's, what we look at is going to be different from what we see now. What do you see? What do you think God wants you to see? In your relationships and in your home life, what do you see? In your workplaces, in our church, in our community. God wants to get busy and he wants to get us involved. So let's start speaking it and seeing it and then you'll see supernatural stuff happen because they're happening all the time and we're just missing it because we're not looking with spiritual eyes amen let's pray lord we just thank you that you are such a good god and that uh, lord you you have the host of heaven helping us out and lord we thank you for your ministering angels that do assist us and lord i pray that you would help us to have spiritual eyes lord and a supernatural awareness of what is going on around us in a deeper way this week and from here on in Lord, make us sensitive in our hearts and our minds that we would not be afraid of, of the devil and his lot, that we know that you surround us and you encamp around us for those who fear your name. Lord, I pray a blessing on each person here. Lord, that we would just have an awesome week with you, that we'd do some pretty specky stuff together and uh, just rejoice in your presence. We pray every need met in Jesus' name. Amen.